and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, this is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call. Glad you are here with me. Excited to have you tonight. And, folks, um, we are in some precarious times, and we need to be very careful. Uh, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction is coming. Folks, we need to make sure that we are not only watching what the media says, but we are praying and sensing what's in the spirit world right now, because what's in the spiritual world right now is very different. Um, it does reflect much of the darkness that's going on right now, but the deception is so great out there in the news media, folks. We need to be extra careful because when you think you've got a moment to relax and, ber- and to, to breathe with this Iran thing, you better look out, folks. The Lord is warned us we are in the last days. These things were coming. Folks, I've got news for you. We are here now. And I've got an excellent guest to bring on tonight to talk about the times that we are in and give us some insight from the Scripture of what this means at this hour. And so with that, I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, Brother Benjamin Baruch. Benjamin, are you here with me? Uh, Well, I'm hoping I'm here. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Glad to have you, brother. Hey, thanks. Yeah, we are here now. I know I'm here in my now, but I was really hoping I'd also be in your here now. (laughs) 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 And we're all in this thing together in reality, Frank. We are. We are. What a, in a, what a different world we we find ourselves in in 2020, right? Yeah, you were just on what two a couple of weeks ago, and how different is it today from just a few weeks ago? Everything has changed. Yeah, it definitely has. And yeah, we uh, we started off the new year with a bang. Uh, a yes, bang happened in Baghdad, and um, today the Iranian military formally announced they are not finished retaliating. So, yeah, the war is it is beginning and um, it's going to get serious pretty quick, too. I agree. And brother, this is a spiritual battle like none we've ever known, which you know, I know you have personally been on the forefront now for quite an extended period. Uh, so, brother, let's kick this show off with some prayer, and I'm going to ask that, Benjamin, you just invite the Lord in here to take control of this episode tonight. Amen. Father, we, we come in agreement in Jesus' name. Father, we come with thanksgiving. In our hearts, we come with praise on our lips. And we come in, in Jesus' name, Father. We come for mercy in the in the hour of need. And Father, we come to pursue your heart 
gathering together to look into your word. And, and Lord, we all humble ourselves. We repent of self-will. We repent of a generation that has lost its way. Lord, call us out from among them. Grant us the power and the, and the insight and the understanding that we might be separate unto you, that we could be found worthy to be included among your remnant, that you're going to hide, Lord, you're going to hide them away as the desolation overpasses first our nation and then the world. Lord, I ask you to do a work in the, in the hearts and the lives of each listener. Do a work in, in Frank and my heart. Lord, turn all of us back to our first love and, and turn all of us back to you. And Lord, in Jesus' name and, and, and in, in the authority of Jesus, we rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the lying, deceiving spirits. We rebuke the religious spirits that would try to distract us. We rebuke every work of Satan. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We stand in the gap for our families. We stand in the gap for our loved ones. Father, we ask that you would put a hedge of fire around our hearts, around our homes, and around our extended families. And Lord, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. Father, may your name be glorified. And may Jesus Christ be lifted up by our testimony, by our words, by our thoughts, by our deeds. In his mighty name we pray and thank you, Lord Jesus. We invite you to take control of this program, Lord. Let your spirit lead the revelation of your word as you desire it to be opened before us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What a time, brother. Amen. Yes, you you are right. Brother, I got one quick announcement I forgot to make. Folks, uh, for you that are faithful listeners to the Remnant Call, um, you know I've shared over a while, and and this is um, such a dark time, but there has been a great uh, blessing to my family, and that is my sister got out of prison this week. And I am so thankful. I'm going to be seeing her uh, at the end of the month, at my daughter's birthday, brother, and I am so excited. So thank you, everybody who's prayed um, that the Lord break these prisons open and let the captives free. And, and just please keep her, my sister, in prayer that this will be the time in her life that she surrenders everything to the Lord, never to go back to the bondage of this world again, but to stay free in the name of Jesus. So thank you all so much. Brother Benjamin, uh, brother, show us what the Lord has been leading you. Well, praise God, brother. Yeah, I want to want to look at the book of Zephaniah tonight, and um, God willing, we'll we'll try to make our way through all of the three chapters, or we'll get as far as we can. Hallelujah! So let's start with uh, Zephaniah one. And you guys have your Bibles at home. Open them up to the book of Zephaniah, verse 1. The word of the Lord, which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. And, you know, a, a rather interesting salutation to the book of Zephaniah. The Spirit of God has decided to record not only his father, but his grandfather, his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather. And there's a reason why these names are here. 
But first, the name Zephaniah is also uh, a witness of the revelation that would come to the ones that have been hidden away by God. Because Zephaniah literally means the Lord has hidden. And his name comes from the root word Zephan, Tisphan, and it means to, to hide or to be covered or to be reserved or to be shown favor and therefore protected, to be esteemed a hidden one and one of God's secrets. And so the name Zephaniah actually refers to the remnant, those that are going to be hidden by the Lord in the time of desolation that is immediately ahead, the remnant that has been reserved, the ones that the Lord has placed the favor of his mercy upon in this time and has chosen to protect them, and they are the highly esteemed of the Lord, and therefore they're the hidden ones. And today you can't see them because they've been hidden by God. But during the tribulation that is coming, it will be revealed who they were, because they will be counted among the remnant. They'll be the ones who the nations fear. They'll be the ones who will receive the anointing that's coming that's going to be without measure. And they'll be the ones found waiting in the wilderness of Zion when the sign of the Son of Man appears in the heavens. And they'll be the ones who never die. And they will be translated, and they will meet the Lord in the clouds on His way to Jerusalem. Amen. And it's a fabulous testimony, the names of his fathers and, and, and the names of uh, his ancestors. Hezekiah means strengthened by Yahweh. So it's the strength of Yahweh that's going to bring forth this remnant. Amariah is Yahweh has promised. The Lord God Almighty has promised that there would be a remnant delivered, and by his strength and power, that remnant will be preserved. Gedaliah means the Lord has become great, and so the remnant will be shown great things in the revelation of God's word. They'll be transformed into, into a level of great holiness, great sanctification. They will also pass through great fires. They will be called upon to, to surrender their lives with a, with a great offering to the Lord and then a great ministry and great fruitfulness. And a great anointing awaits them. And then Zephaniah's immediate father, Cushi, literally means uh, one who comes from the land of Cush. And I haven't discerned the, the meaning of that just yet, but maybe I'll leave that to you as a homework assignment. No doubt there's another key. But here we have a picture of the remnant who would come forth by the mercy of God. They would be strengthened by the power of Almighty God. They would be preserved according to the promises of the Lord. They would have the power of the, the Gabarim, the mighty ones. And God would be mighty through them. And they themselves would be the hidden remnant. So, praise God. That's who Zephaniah was, and, and he represents the little hidden remnant. Uh, verse 2, the Lord declares, I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. And that's, boy, God didn't waste any time. Kind of like November, or pardon me, January 2nd, right? January 1st, New Year's Day, fine, it's football, it's 
it's family, it's it's a it's a holiday, it's a day of of rest and and a day of relaxation. January second, boom, let's get this war started. Zephaniah verse two, I will utterly consume everything from off of the land, saith the Lord. That word for utterly is a soft, and it means to gather together for a purpose, to take away, to remove, to destroy, to consume, to utterly. And the word for consume in this verse is suf, and it means to terminate, to bring to an end, to die, to be utterly destroyed. And so putting these two together, God is emphasizing, I will utterly and totally and completely remove, destroy, consume, terminate, perish, and, and bring to an utter end everything from off of the land, other than what is hidden in the hand of Almighty God, other than a remnant that's hiding in the secret hiding place of the Lord, everything else will be destroyed. And you know, that's exactly what the Lord said to me after he translated me into the future of the year 2020, at this point would be my guess. I, I saw the fall of 2020, I'm thinking, or 2021. But in any event, the Lord said to me, I will protect that which is mine. He's going to hide and protect his little remnant. And then the Lord said, and everything else will be utterly destroyed. It'll be destroyed. Now, he, he said that word destroyed with such emphasis. It really was about 130 decibels. I'm not kidding. The house is as if the house shook. I mean, I can't, we can't even get that loud. We can't talk that loud. God got very loud and said, everything else will be destroyed. And um, I would take it as sort of, you know, a soft suf in Hebrew, utterly destroyed. Hallelujah. Verse three, I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of heaven and the fish of the sea and the stumbling blocks of the wicked. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that one. And I will cut off man from the land, saith the Lord. The men of the flesh, if you're still walking in the flesh, if you have not figured out how to enter into this Spirit of God, the end of all flesh has come, and with it will come your end as well. Only those who have put off the mind of the flesh and put off the deeds of the flesh and have literally recognized and reckoned their flesh crucified with Jesus and begun to actually walk in the newness of life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking doctrine or Bible verses. I'm talking the reality, the experiential reality of entering into the very presence of God. That is the remnant. And everyone else will be merely a remembering or a memory. But I love the fact the Lord is getting rid of the stumbling blocks. The word is mashallah, and it means that which entices to sin, that which brings to ruin, that which caused the people to fall. And so everything that was a stumbling block is going to be removed. That includes the people. You remember the Lord said, Woe unto those who offend even one of these little ones. Woe, Jesus said, is, you know, it's needful or, or it's certain that stumbling blocks would come but woe unto those through whom they come and on people like they think nothing of throwing a stumbling block in their neighbor's way well 
the people who are pitching stumbling blocks from the pulpit or from their high horses, every one of them is about to be removed. And along with the wicked, and it's the wicked who really bring the stumbling blocks. The one who's, who brings stumbling blocks are wicked, and the ones who are wicked bring the stumbling blocks. They're synonyms. And, of course, the word for rick, wicked is rasha. And not to be conf- confused with rash ha shana, because rash is the head, and ha is the word of or the, and shana is the word year, head of the year. That's, that's you know, New Year's Day on the civil calendar. But rasha by itself as a singular word actually means guilty, condemned, wicked, one that does wrong. Zephaniah verses 4 and 5, I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off from the, the remnant of Baal from this place. So the remnant of Baal, they're gone, and the name of the Chemarims with their priests. And the Chemarims were really idols. And, and the, the Chemarims are the idolatrous priesthood who wore only black. And the Lord is literally rebuking a group of, of priests that are referred to literally as the black priest. The word chamar means black, and chamarim is plural for the black ones. And Matthew Henry makes the comment that the word signifies um, men who wore black, and, and perhaps the reference signifies the men who were attending the fires in which the children were being burned in the worship of Molech, or men that were attending idolatrous worship, the worship of the host of heaven on the housetops of Jerusalem, and as a result, their hands and their garments were soiled and blackened from their worship of other gods. But all of those who are walking in the kundalini uh, spirit, all the false charismatic Christians, all the people walking under the idolatry of pride, all the people that are throwing stumbling blocks in front of their neighbor, all the, the many who are easily offended and hating one another, their name is going to be removed. They're going to be cut off. You know, it's not going to be crowded after the judgment because the remnant will be small. And those that worship the host of heaven you know, the people that are turning to the other gods, and those that worship and swear by the Lord, and that swear by Malcham, and those that are turned back from the Lord, those who've turned back to the world in their hearts, their lips are still honoring God. They still say, Lord, Lord, but in their hearts they are far from Him. They've turned back from the Lord. Those that have backslidden in their hearts and those that have not sought the Lord, nor inquired of Him. And that word for sought the Lord is bakash, and it means to search out, to strive after, to ask, to desire, to inquire, to make inquisition, to make request of, to seek for. And the word for inquired is darash, and it means it's, it comes from the word of, which, which means a path or the way that you travel. But Darash is the path that you tread frequently, that you follow and pursue 
diligently to seek and to look for a way, and it also means to worship, to diligently inquire and search for the Lord, and to do it consistently. So here God is saying, and those that have not diligently and consistently searched for me, knock, ask, sought, these are people, their primary life purpose is to find the Lord. The first thing they think of in the morning is searching for the Lord. The last thing on their lips before they fall asleep is crying out in prayer to Jesus. These are people that have no problem finding an hour a day to go to their prayer closet. These are people who, when God says fast and pray, they say, How long, Lord? These aren't your Sunday Christians that are looking at their watch because they want to go watch the NFL. They, don't, they want to go watch their Nephilim, the gods of this ruined age. These are Christians who on Yom Kippur, on the, days, on the holy days of repentance, these are people who cry real tears. And their hearts are passionate and desperate to find Jesus. And everyone else, the Lord looks at them and says, they've turned back from me. They're not diligently seeking me, nor are they trying to find me. And therefore, I'm going to cut them off. This is the standard. Either God's number one in your heart or he's not. Either you're doing all you can to find him or you're, or you know, it's on your list. You know, yeah, if we've got a little time, you know, maybe we'll pray later a little, you know. If we're not too busy. Maybe we'll make church service this Sunday. It's that Laodicean attitude. They're, the Laodiceans are not going to survive what is about to begin. Verse 7 to 8. Hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord. For the day of the Lord is at hand. You bet it is. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice, and he has bidden his guests, and it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I, the Lord, will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. And that word for hold thy peace is hasa, and it means to hush. We get the word hush from the Hebrew word hasa, and it literally means hold your peace or your tongue. It literally means to be silent, to be still. Now, I'll give you the Benjamin translation, shut up. Literally. God is basically telling the people, you all talk too much. I want you to be silent now because the Lord is coming. And, you know, when we finally shut up, when we finally hold our peace, we can start searching our own heart. We can start looking within. That word for the presence of the Lord is panim. It means the face, to meet to meet someone face to face. The Lord's coming in visitation. And, um, you know, if you don't take heed to this admonition to, like, talk less, and literally today, earlier today, um, I'm dealing with just one attack after another, litigation, just crazy stuff. Everything that can go wrong, the enemy is literally bombarding me 
to try to stop me from bringing these messages forward. And I was getting pretty frustrated. And, you know, I was really, I spoke some words out of, out of just frustration. And, and I really felt the Spirit of God check me, just shut up. Don't say a single negative word. You know, and I was in that mood, you know, where you're tired and it's just one thing. My computer died and, you know, this is wrong. And, and you know, and by the way, Frank saved my computer today. Thank you, Frank. Um, Amen. But, but, you know, I was, I was tempted to speak in words of frustration just because I was so in full of angst. And, and then the Spirit of God was very clear. Just don't say anything. You know, while you're in that mood, just hold your peace simply shut up. If you're not speaking words of faith, hope, and love, and faith gives birth to hope, which, which fills our hearts with love, if you're in that place of doubt or fear, it brings forth only death, we need to learn to just silence ourselves. Because the Lord is coming. And the Lord is prepared to sacrifice. He's invited His guests and it shall come to pass in the day of his sacrifice that he's going to punish those who wear strange apparel. And that word is no key or no cree, pardon me. And it literally means strange in the sense of alien or, or foreign, but it also translates adulterous or a strange woman. And it literally... Um, It's really something that's out of order. People whose works, their, their garments, the works of their life are out of order. Verse 11, How ye inhabitants of Maktesh, for all the merchant people are cut down, and they that bear silver are cut off. All those people that have been stockpiling silver, they're all dead. And Frank mentioned last week, you'll be able to pick up the silver in the streets, but you won't waste your time because it will have no value. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles, and I will punish the men that settled on their lees, that have said in their heart, the Lord will not do good, neither will he do evil. And, of course, the lees are the sediment in the bottom of the wine bottle. And these are men that have never been poured out. You know, they've, they haven't been through the traumas. They haven't been to the place where their life was emptied out, and, you know, they were willing to humble themselves. No, they're... It's all been easy for them. and So all that sediment of the fallen nature of man is just hardened. It's in the bottom of their hearts. And, and the Lord is going to punish them in this time. And their goods will become a booty, and their houses a desolation. They'll build houses and not inhabit them. They'll plant vineyards but not drink the wine thereof. And you know, what a judgment that is, right? You do all the work and get none of the benefit. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near, and it hastens greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty men shall cry therein bitterly. And that word for near is karob, and it literally means it's near in place or it's near in time. It's approaching. It's at hand. It's what's up next, people. It's nigh at hand. It's more than just ready. It'll be here shortly. And the word for hastens is ma'achre, and it literally means it's hurrying at this point. It's 
in a hurry. It's hastily coming. It's going to appear at once. It's going to speedily be revealed. It is going to suddenly appear. And it's going to be here, and you're going to be in it. And the day is a day of wrath and a day of trouble, a day of distress and of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. And it does not matter how much you read or how much you study about the day of the Lord, you cannot simulate what this will be in your understanding. You, you cannot prepare yourself for the impact of the day of the Lord actually beginning. Because when it does come, it's beyond anything you could have mentally prepared for. You have to have spiritually prepared for the day. You have to be in the anointing. The Holy Spirit has to hold your heart in a place of peace so that you could be quiet. You could hold your tongue. You could be silent. And you could be still. And you could hold your peace because everyone else is going to lose their lunch and loose their loins. And people are going to be, well, some of them will have nervous breakdowns. Others will, will just be screaming in a fetal position, incapable of functioning. Others will just be running in a panic, in a circle. It is a time of such distress and such stress that human beings in the flesh cannot cope with the stress that will come. And... And the word for wrath, it's a day of wrath, and the word is ebra, and it means anger, rage. Wrath as in an explosion, an outburst of passion, and it's a day of trouble, and the word for trouble, it's sara, and it means tightness. It is going to be compressed. The pressure will be on, my friends, and it will be in the form of adversity and in affliction. It'll be anguish and distress. It'll be a time of tribulation and trouble. And the word for distress is mitzkah, and it means narrow, being pressed in from every side. There'll be no place of peace other than in the presence of the Lord, in the secret hiding place of the Lord, that'll be the only place you can rest. Everywhere else will be in total tribulation. And, and the word for wasteness, it's a day of wasteness, is Shoah. And the Israelis use the word Shoah to describe the Holocaust of World War II. It's going to be a Shoah. It's going to be a Holocaust. It's going to be a desolation. It will be a total destruction. It'll be a storm that destroys everything. A tempest that utterly annihilates. And it will be a day of darkness. And the word is koshek, and it literally means thick darkness. A darkness bringing misery. A darkness that gave birth to death. A darkness filled with sorrow and wickedness. And that word come of thick darkness is the word arafel, and it literally means a gloom that descends as a lowering of the sky, a sky fall, as the dark ones, as Satan is cast down upon the earth, and the, the dark ones 
his ruling satanic spirits, and I call them the dark ones, they are literally going to fall to the earth. And with them will come the misery and destruction that has never been seen before on the face of this planet. So, it would be an understatement to call this a very serious time. The Lord continues in verse 16, and he says, It will be a day of the trumpet and of an alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers, and I'll bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men. Nobody, they're going to be groping around as if they're blind because they're not going to know what to do. There won't be anything to do. Because the pressure will come from every side. They'll walk like blind men because they've sinned against the Lord. And so their blood will be poured out like the dust. And their flesh will be on the ground as dung. And neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. So guess what? If you don't have any silver and gold, you're not missing anything, people. And those people that bought a ton of silver and gold thinking they were going to escape the day of the Lord's judgment, and they were going to continue to live their luxurious, you know, their lifestyle of luxury. Obviously, someone that's got, you know, tons and tons of money, stockpiled in gold in offshore bank accounts, they're kind of hoping they can keep the, right, keep the lifestyle on Easy Street going. It ain't going to work. Their silver and their gold cannot deliver them, it isn't even going to save them. Forget about the, you know, the lifestyle of luxury. That's over as well. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of God's jealousy. And he will make a speedy riddance of all of them that dwell in the land. So who are, who's going to survive this? The people that dwell in the secret hiding place of God. Everybody else is finished, folks. And if you remember from the book of Revelation, there'll be a point where, where the angels say, blessed are they that die in the Lord from this point forward. It'll actually be in many ways a blessing to not be here. But for the remnant that's safely tucked away in the wilderness, their water will be provided, and, it, and the scripture says it'll be very well with the remnant. Everybody else, the party's over, folks. There's no way to continue our pleasures in the flesh. There's no way to continue doing what's right in our eyes and calling it God's will. There's no way to continue seeking our earthly pleasure and giving our lip service to the Lord. There's no way to continue in any of the errors of this ruined age, because they will all lead to destruction, to the Shoah, to the Holocaust. Zephaniah chapter 2. Gather yourselves together. Yes, Gather together, O nation not desired. Before the decree brings forth, before the day passes on as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord comes upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger comes upon you and your family, seek ye the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have wrought his judgment, and seek righteousness, seek meekness, it may be that you shall be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. And that's the word, satar, it literally means concealed, kept secreted away, securely hidden and covered by the hand of God. Those who dwell in the secret hiding 
place of the Lord. For Gaza shall be forsaken. Well, so much for Hamas. And Eshkelon a desolation. They shall drive out Ashdod at noonday. Ekron shall be rooted up. Woe unto the inhabitants of the sea coast. The nation of the Cherethites. The word of the Lord is even against you, O Canaanite. In the land of the Philistines, I mean the Palestinians. I will even destroy you, that there shall be no inhabitant. Well, the Palestinians are not going to be winners in this thing. Neither is Hamas or Hezbollah or any of the people who made war against the Lord. God's going to destroy all of them. And that word for Karathites literally means an executioner. The nation of executioners. A nation of people that only want violence. A nation of people that are, we're not done with our revenge. A nation of people that love blood on their hands. Gee, I wonder which nation do you think the Lord's talking about? They're the Islamic fundamentalist extremists that, that want, they want blood. They want violence. Hamas literally means violence in Hebrew. And they are the destroyers. And it literally means, um, and they're going to be destroyed. Zephaniah 2, verse 6, And the sea coast shall be dwellings and cottages for shepherds. Oh. God just said, woe unto the inhabitants of the sea coast. Yeah, because they're being removed. The nation of the Carathites. The, the seacoast area in Edom and Moab that is currently inhabited by the nation of, essentially, Islam, they're going to be removed. They're going to be destroyed. And there'll be no inhabitant left. And then that area shall become dwellings and cottages for the shepherds of the Lord and folds for his flock, and the coast shall be for the remnant of the house of Judah. We get to inherit all that nice waterfront property. And they shall feed thereupon in the houses of Ashkelon, and they shall lie down in the evening, and the Lord their God shall visit them and turn away their captivity. Well, here we have another reference to the Lord has come in visitation. He's come in the second half of his seven-year ministry. He's come in the anointing without measure as the lion from the tribe of Judah, coming among us now as God Almighty in an anointed and sanctified remnant of his people. And this theme of God turning away the captivity of his nation is consistent with the judgment that comes upon Babylon at, after 70 years and the judgment of Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is World War III. In Ezekiel 39, verse 25, the Lord says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now will I turn away the captivity of Jacob, and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and be jealous for my holy name. And, Lord, we bless you. Thank you for redeeming Israel. Thank you for turning away the captivity of your people. Thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy upon the remnant of your nation, upon the remnant of the Gentile church, and upon a remnant of the house of Israel, according to your promise, Lord, that you made to Abraham your friend, and the covenant you made with David your servant, and according to the righteousness of our fathers, God will do this thing in us. 
Jeremiah 29.10, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are fulfilled at Babylon, insert 2020 or question mark 2021, I will visit you, man-child being born, the Lord coming among us again, and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You know, these are some of the favorite scriptures. Everybody quotes Jeremiah 29.11, and nobody thinks of reading verse 10 first. That this promise of God basically doing this incredible restoration in the lives of his people is contingent upon, or it will wait until the 70 years of Babylon are finished. And this is at the end of the age when the Lord comes to visit us as the God who is also the shepherd. The Son of God will come as the lion shepherd. And the Lord says in verse 12, Then you shall call upon me, and you will go and pray unto me, and I will, he- I will hearken unto you. The Lord's going to hear your prayers, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found of you, and I'll turn away your captivity. What, what captivity? Did you know the Gentile Christian church is in captivity? Did you know you're in captivity? Spiritually speaking? Did you know that all of us are in captivity right now? Oh, no, no, we're free, Benjamin. Really? Huh. We might be free in, in the flesh, but we're actually... We're actually bound in a, in a form of captivity spiritually, even as Israel is walking in, in a democracy, but the nation's in rebellion. The church in America's in rebellion. Most Christians are in rebellion. It's kind of disregard God's commandments. And as a result, you know, they can't hear the Lord anymore because they're bound up in captivity. But the Lord says, I'll be found of you, and I will turn away your captivity. Why is that? Because they're searching for God with all their heart suddenly. What happened that, that changed everything? Why did suddenly all the people find a reason to search for the Lord with their whole heart when, when last week they were looking at their watch, when in, when, wondering when they could get out of service and go watch the Nephilim on TV? Now they don't care. Forget the Nephilim. We've got to find the Lord. We're not leaving until we hear from God. What happened? Oh, uh, World War III happened. The fire that devoured the earth. The red horse rode across the nations. And now the black horse is, is bring, bringing death and destruction across the world. The, the black plague is breaking out. The economic, the, the, the de- depression, forget about it. There just simply is no food. The entire economy has been destroyed. Oh, yeah, we'll all find time to fast and pray in that day. Everyone will find time to pray the first thing in the morning when you wake up, the first day of the tribulation, the first day of the judgment of America, Babylon. That'll be the first morning every one of us prays before we do anything else that day. Now, we'd have all been wise to do that as a lifestyle. Pray before you do anything else. And that way the whole day would be covered in God's blessing. But, you know, we usually wait until we run into trouble to pray. Not in those days. 
We'll be seeking the Lord with all of our heart, and we will search for him early, and finding him in prayer will be the first thing on everybody's agenda. And when we finally get to that place of seeking God with our whole heart, the Lord says, I'll be found of you. And, you know, look at Amen. I mean, the Lord has taken second place for in so many of our lives, for so many days without number, in reality, a lot of us went and searched for other things. I mean, you know, you don't have to admit it, but one day you'll be confronted with the truth. We've all done it. We did it without even realizing we were doing it. And look at the mercy of the Lord. He's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. Like the, the father in the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal's off pursuing his life in the world, the pleasures of Egypt, until suddenly he runs into the wall, he's reduced to nothing, and he comes to his senses. And, and you know, when he retur- returns home, he finds a father that's not condemning him, a father that isn't rebuking him, a father that's rejoicing that he came back from the dead. And so the Lord, in his rich mercy, as soon as we put him first, he says, I'll be found to you, and I'll visit you. I'm going to come. I'm going to answer. I'll hear you. I'm going to respond, and I'm going to turn away your captivity. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to save you. And this is the God we serve. We owe him everything. In verse 20, and at that time I will bring you again. Now the Lord's going to be bringing us. Well, what do we do, Benjamin? Oh, God's going to be bringing you. Don't worry. Once you've been purified, you put God first, you're seeking the Lord with all your heart, the Lord is restoring you from all of your um, bondages in the flesh, all the captivity that you have to all that unforgiveness and all those idols of America Babylon you didn't know you were worshiping in the dark, and all that stuff's cleaned out of you. At that point, the Lord says, I'll bring you again. And I'm going to gather you, and I'll make you a name, and I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give you praise among the people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. This is going to be awesome when the power of God falls and the remnant are anointed and the chains fall off, and everybody finally realizes just how bound up we had been from all the deception that was able to sneak—I was going to say snake its way like slithering serpents. They snuck into the churches, and, and they put all these false words, and they, I mean, they did so much against us, and for so long we were oblivious. But now the Lord's going to overturn all of it right before your eyes. And I've heard the reproach of Moab and the reveling of the children of Ammon, where they reproached my people, and they magnified themselves against their border with my land. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, surely Moab shall become like Sodom, and the children of Mon will be Gomorrah, the breeding and the, and of nettles and salt pits, a perpetual desolation. The residue of my people will spoil them. The remnant, we are taking them as servants, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. And, you guys, I've already been over to to the land where this will take place. And I actually had the, the descendants of Edom and the descendants of Moab on the street corner 
bow before me with their face to the ground and cry out, I'm your servant, I know the God of Israel is with you, only take me with you. I saw that happen. I'm like, okay, sure, come on, (laughs) right? We're not going to tell them no. We'll lead them to the Lord, but that's what's going to happen. The power of God is going to fall, and the people will fall on their faces. And we're going to lead them to the Lord. Hallelujah. And those are the ones that are being blessed by the Lord. Hallelujah. We will possess them as servants. This shall they have for their pride, because they reproached and magnified. The ones that don't repent, they're going to be destroyed. Verse 11, the Lord will be terrible unto them. He will famish them as, as he famishes the gods of the earth. That's Satan and all of his power. The Lord's going to unleash on them as well. And men shall worship him, everyone from his place. The people that are survivors are going to be turning to God. Even all the isles of the heathen. And the Lord will be terrible unto them. The word is Yareh, and it literally means to be frightening, to be dreadful, to see a terrible thing. No, because that's what the tribulation is going to be looking like. You Ethiopians also, you shall be slain by my sword. And he shall stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria. Well, say goodbye to Damascus. And will make Nineveh a desolation. And that's probably Damascus. And dry like a wilderness. And flocks will lie down in the midst of her and the beasts of the nations. But the comorant and the bitterin shall lodge in the upper lintels of it. And their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation in the thresholds. And he shall uncover the cedar work. This is the rejoicing city that dwelt carelessly. Oh, isn't that interesting? There's a reference to uh, good old U.S. of A., Frank, that said in her heart, I am the queen. There's none beside me. How has she become a desolation and a place for the beast to lie down? And everyone that passes by her will hiss and wag his hand. Well, that's a reference to the prophecy against America in Isaiah 47, verse 8, where the woman Babylon said, there's none else beside me. And also to Revelation uh, 17, 18, where, where they stand far off for fear of her torment, and, and they'll be wailing and hissing for the destruction that comes. And that word for hiss is sharach, and it literally means to shrill, to screech, or to cry out as in a scorn. So they'll be crying and they'll be screaming, but the, it'll also be negative. You know, look what you deserve. Because of the wrath of the Lord, this is Jeremiah 50, verse 13, a prophecy regarding America. Because of the wrath of the Lord shall not be inhabited, but it shall be wholly desolate, and everyone that goes by Babylon in America shall be astonished and hiss at her plagues. Zephaniah 2:15, Jeremiah 50, verse 13. Frank, do we have time to finish Je- uh, Zephaniah 3? Um, yes, where, yes, Where yes. are we at? We Go probably ahead. We got, got time, another 15 minutes at least. No, we got to get to the end of Zephaniah 3. It's the best part. Okay. <laughs> that is true. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted, to the oppressing city. Well, she obeyed not the voice. She received not correction. Okay, that's a nation that knew the Lord at one time. She trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. God considered that country his. Okay, well, that would either be Israel or America, folks. Because every other nation was created by some man who wanted to be king. 
Israel was created by God who said, I am the king. And America was created by a bunch of godly men that said, we're going to create a constitution in which there is no king, and the Lord Jesus is the king of this nation. So he's talking about America. She didn't draw near to her God. Her princes within her are roaring lions. Yeah, and they're on TV every night talking about all these crazy political things. Her judges are wolves. They're corrupted. They gnaw not the bones till the marrow, till the morrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. No, they fill the um, tele, Christian television channels. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. Oh, Lord, have mercy on them. They've done violence to the law. They've butchered the word of God. They teach them, you know, look at the errors being taught in the American churches. The prosperity gospel. They did violence to the word of God. Send me all your money. That's, is that Christianity? Jesus didn't ever ask for money. They're treacherous persons. And that word is bagad, and it literally means to act covertly, to pillage, to act deceitfully, unfaithfully. They're liars. They came for another agenda. The just, verse 5, the just Lord is in the midst thereof, in the midst of all this corruption, in the midst of this nation that did not obey the Lord, that is now being turned over to judgment. The Lord has come in visitation, and he is in the midst. But he will not do iniquity. No. The Lord always does what is right. Every morning does he bring his judgment to light. He fails not. But the unjust know no shame. Even when the visitation of God's Spirit comes, the wicked will not repent. They don't even know the shame that they bear. I have cut off the nations. Zephaniah verse 6, 3, 6. I've cut off the nations. A world war has occurred. Their towers are desolate. We already saw our twin towers go down. But now the nations, all of the towers are going to come down. I made their streets wasted. None pass through them anymore. The cities are destroyed. There's no man. There's no inhabitant. I said, surely they will fear me now. You would think, right? Thou will receive instruction so that their dwelling would not be cut off. I mean... However, I punished them, but they rose early and corrupted their door. Instead of rising early and starting to pray, instead of rising early and seeking the Lord first, we sleep in. Or we rise early and pursue another endeavor. But the Lord is saying, surely they would fear me and receive instruction that their dwelling would not be cut off. This is a nation of people that will not repent or turn from their iniquity. But the remnant will repent. Will we fear the Lord? Will we receive instruction in this late hour? So that our house, so that our home, so that our family should not be cut off? Are we willing to repent and turn at the rebuke of the Lord? Verse 8, if you are, seek him with all your face, and therefore then wait for me, saith the Lord. Until the day that I rise up to the prey. For those who are seeking God with all their might, their hearts are right. They're ready and willing to repent. They're not going to hide any silver wedges in their tent. The Lord says to them, wait upon me. Until the day that I rise to 
the prey. For it is my determination to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms to pour out upon them my indignation, even all of my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. That's pretty intense when you consider that an infinite God who is capable of infinite anger has been watching all of the things that have been taking place on this earth all these years. And now he's going to pour out all of his anger. And the entire earth is about to be devoured. And then the Lord says in verse 9, But then I will turn to the people of a pure language. And unto the pure all things are pure. That they may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one consent, with one accord. This is the remnant and they're in unity by the Spirit of God. They're not walking under the deceptions of pride or contention. They're not debating. They're not... All of that nonsense has been removed from the land. And now the remnant are only people who are walking in the Spirit of God, and they are in agreement one with another. And so they serve the Lord. They're actually serving God. They're not following their own way. They're following the will of the Lord, and they're doing it in one consent. There's an agreement. And in that day, you shall not be ashamed of all your doings. What? In Ezekiel 38, God says, the people will be ashamed. You'll be ashamed of all you've done. But, but not the remnant, because the remnant have already repented. Everything that they did that they were ashamed of, they took it to the Lord. They took it to the cross. They took it and laid it down, and they repented of it. And the Lord forgave them, and he placed it under the blood. And now it's been separated from them as far as the east is from the west, and so they no longer own this stuff. It was placed in the, into the crucified body of Jesus. And now they will not be ashamed for the things where they transgressed against me, says the Lord. And I will take away out of the midst of them those that rejoice in their pride. And you shall no more be haughty because of my holy mountain. So, you know, the people that are walking in pride, they're not going to be in the remnant. You know, that's, that's actually a blessing because, the, you know, only by pride does contention come. The people that are proud are the people that bring all the contention. Without the spirit of pride, you don't have contention. You don't have all of this, every evil thing. It all comes out of pride. You remove the pride, and, and suddenly all of that evil is gone. And the Lord says, And I will leave in the midst of the inafflicted, and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. And that word for afflicted is ani, ani, and it's amazing because the, the word ani means I in Hebrew, but it, it's also the, the humble I. It means an afflicted one, a lowly one, a, a poor person. And so, you know, the Hebrew, just modern Hebrew, the word ani is I, but there's another form of I, and it's anakia. And that's the royal eye. It's the, we, we don't ever say Anakia. Jesus says Anakia. And what he's saying is, I, who am the king of kings. Okay, he's not afflicted, he's not 
lowly. He's not poor. He's wealthy. He's powerful. He's righteous. And when he says I, it's an entirely different word. But here, the word for I in Hebrew really means an afflicted people. The word for poor is dal, and um, it literally means weak and needy. God's going to have a remnant that are humble. He's going to have a remnant that know that they are low. He's going to have a remnant who are needy spiritually, who could do nothing without the Lord. And all of their pride has been consumed out of them. And they will trust in the name of the Lord. And that word for trust is kasha, and it means to flee to for protection, to have hope, to make a refuge, to put your trust in. They will hope in the Lord. The Lord will be their refuge. They will flee to the Lord for protection, and they will put their trust in the Lord. They don't trust in their silver, which basically they have none. They don't trust in their gold. They don't trust in the arm of the flesh. They put their hope and their trust alone in God. And verse 13, The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity or speak lies anymore. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. They've all repented. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. They're not going to be full of stress and their faces appearing as if on fire from the stress and the fear of, of the fires that are raging around them, being pressed in from every side. No, they're going to lie down. None will make them afraid. They'll sleep, and their, pee, their sleep will be sweet. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with, within the wilderness of Zion, in the camp of the righteous. They will be singing and shouting joy and praise to God, and they will be glad and they'll be rejoicing with all of their heart, the children of Jerusalem. And the Lord will have taken away all the judgment against them, and he will cast out the enemy. He's going to cast out every satanic stronghold. He's going to drive away every demon that was accusing or hindering or afflicting us. And the king of Israel will be in the midst of thee. And literally the Lord, the king of Israel, will be in the midst of the camp of the righteous. And you will not see evil anymore. And so the remnant will literally be in a place of great blessing. And it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, fear thou not, Jerusalem. And to Zion, do not let your hands be weak. The Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. Amen, he is. And he will save you. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. What a day that will be. You know, I heard the Lord laugh one time, but I've never heard the Lord singing. But in the camp of, of the righteous, in the camp of the remnant of Zion, in the wilderness during the, during the final tribulation time on the earth, in the camp of the righteous, they will fear not. And the Lord will be in the midst of the remnant, and he will be rejoicing, and he will be resting in his love, and the Lord will be so full of joy. Amen. Break out in singing. And I honestly believe that the camp of the righteous will hear his voice. We will all listen to the Lord singing 
from the heavens over his little remnant. And won't that be an awesome Hallelujah. day? Praise you, Jesus. And in verse 18, I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly. Those are the ones that on Yom Kippur, they, they were looking forward to fasting and praying. To them, it was a joy. It wasn't a burden. And when they gathered together to pray, they wept. And it was a reproach to them. And it was a burden. And they took the Lord's word very seriously. He says, I'm going to gather all of those. Behold, at that time, I'm going to undo everything that afflicted you. And I'm going to save her that halteth. And that's the people that are, that are disabled, the people that are limping, the people who are dealing with some kind of major affliction in their body. He's like, I'm going to save you and I'm going to undo everything that afflicted you. And I will gather her that was driven out. Those are the ones that were kicked out of the churches, kicked out of the families, kicked out of the assembly because of the Word of God. I'm going to gather you together, and I will get you praise and fame in every land where you've been put to shame. God's going to actually, this little remnant that was really kind of the people that were rejected much, if not all of their lives, the Lord's like, I'm going to make you famous. And I will bring you again even in the time that I gather you, and I'll make you a name, and I'm going to bring praise among, I'll make you a praise among all the people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes. And, and so the remnant are, in other places in Scripture, the, the Scripture refers to them, these are the holy people. It'll be obvious, I mean, their eyes will be glowing with the Shekinah glory of God. The, the light of God's countenance will be on their faces. They'll be able to walk up to people, lay hands on them, and heal them instantly. And then everybody's going to be, Whoa. these are the people that everyone hated. And the Lord is honoring them because they repented completely. Hallelujah. Amos 5, verses 9 and 10, just to finish up. God's going to strengthen the ones that were spoiled against the strong so that the spoiled ones will come against the fortresses of strength. And that word for spoiled is shodi, and it literally means those that were oppressed, those that were robbed, those who were wasted, those who were made desolate by the forces of evil in this world. And God's going to take this little broken remnant and he is going to lift them up and bring them against. They're going to be the weapons of the Lord. And they're going to be brought against the strong. And that word for strong in that verse is Oz, and it means the fierce ones, the powerful ones. This is the Canaanites. These are the dark ones who thought they were going to rule and reign forever. God's going to use the remnant to tear them down from their high places. Hallelujah. So, brother, that's Zephaniah, the hidden ones, whom God is going to redeem. He's going to restore. He's going to heal them. He's going to fill them with all good things. And then he's going to give them a name and a praise among all the people of the earth as he turns our captivity away right before our eyes. Amen. Amen. Brother, that, that is powerful. Benjamin I want you to share as we're wrapping up tonight. This is an amazing program, but you had a good show on, I guess, was it last night or the night before? Yeah, and we're going to link night. to it. 
share with that real quick so people can make sure to look in the show comments to click on that show to, to catch what you did on um, Tribulation Network, I believe it was. Tribulation Now, yeah. Tribulation um, Now, okay. Yeah, it's called The 70th Year of Babylon Has Arrived, and uh, my part starts at a little, about the one-hour mark, and uh, it's about a 60-minute program. And yeah, it's probably worth listening to, because the second half of it, I do a message on the kings of the East, which, Frank, we should probably, we should probably do in even greater depth, because I can only cover a portion of... I've got a teaching on the kings of the East that is awesome. But, you know, as we, as we conclude, you know, I would just say to, first of all, to my brothers and sisters that have been standing faithfully shoulder to shoulder with me, David Murray, Rhonda and, and Bruce Johnson, Christy Sheward, Lynette Adams, Brother Gordon, Brother Michael from Canada, Sister Rhonda Dilla from from Indiana. God bless you guys. We have been in the battle. I mean, for the most of you guys, you know, you can see the storm clouds coming, but for some of us, the storm has already come. And it's just one more evidence that, you know, the red dragon is, it's open warfare, guys. For those of you who are true Christians and who are walking in the Holy Spirit and who have a ministry of intercession, please keep me, please keep Brother Frank, please keep the intercessory prayer team covered in prayer as we go forward. Because, guys, this really is the beginning. We're not going to wait much longer. We have got to take the next 75 days between now and the beginning of the season of spring. Because if we're correct that this is the 70th year, everything is confirming that conclusion then our world is going to begin to change once the season of winter ends, and maybe even sooner. But, you know, we need to be praying for each other like we never have before. And, um, you know, and for others, um, you know, start fasting and praying. If you've never fasted and prayed, it's not that hard. You know, and if, you, if you've got a job where you need to do a lot of physical work, you know, or you can't, you can't function on a job with with fasting from food, then go on a Daniel fast and get rid of all of the animal products, meat, fish, chicken, dairy. It's all out the door, all of the breads, cookies, all the pleasure foods, all out the door, and you're eating only green vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds. You're living on salads and and vegetables, and you can eat as much as you want. And do that for 21 days, and, and it'll change your life. Amen. It'll, it'll really and brother, folks. brother Benjamin, I'll tell you, out of this whole message, there's one thing I'm looking forward to, folks, and that's hearing the Lord sing. I, I don't know. I can't think of anything more incredible. As a person who likes to sing and, and, and my family sing, I want to hear the Lord sing, and it's, it's coming. It's going to be I amazing. I can't wait. You know, I, I really heard the Lord laugh. You know, those of you guys that have listened to all my stuff, you know what I'm talking about, but those of you that don't, there was a point where um, I'd been brought into the Holy of Holies for a weekend and with three other people and two nights of praying through the entire night and the anointing so powerful. At one point, my hands were literally burning and to the point that I, I thought I was actually on fire and, and it was beginning to get quite painful and I was getting scared. 
and I cried out. I said, Lord, you're burning. You know, you're hurting me now. You're scaring me. You know, the Holy Spirit is starting to literally uh, consume my flesh. And the Lord, he answered audibly, and, and there were four of us, and we all heard him speak audibly throughout this two-night period. But the Lord answered audibly, and he said, you never thought you'd have to pray for that now, did you? And then he started laughing, Frank. And, you know, it was so beautiful. I mean, some people, their laugh is really kind of dorky, you know, and some people have kind of a good laugh, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, the yeah. Lord's laugh, wow. The Lord does everything amazing, and his laugh is beautiful. I mean, such joy. It was, it was such a blessing. But I'm looking forward to hearing him sing as well. And, and um, you guys, it's coming faster than you can imagine. We're knocking at the door. And I know we've been warning for years. I've been preaching for 23 years, Frank. I got translated I into the future on November 21st, 1996, eight days before Thanksgiving. And this last November was the 23rd year anniversary. It's now 23 years and a little over a month. Next November will be 24 years. We ain't making it that far. Jeremiah and Baruch, his scribe, preached for 23 years, and in the following year, the judgment came. What a coincidence. Here we go again. You guys, wow. we've got to pray up. We've got to take this as serious as you can. And if you never have fasted and prayed, you have got to begin. You are kidding yourself if you're not fasting and praying in this time. You're kidding Amen. yourself. You're not going to make it. You are trading the life of your children for a cheeseburger. What were we thinking? You're trading the life of your family for the parents, for the mothers, the fathers, for, for grandparents. You got grandbabies. Look, the little kids can't fast and pray. They can't show up at the solemn assemblies. They can't weep before the porch and the altar all night. That's our job. You know, the kids don't fast, right? I used to, when I would fast, um, when I had little kids, Frank, I loved making dinner for my kids because I had to smell all the food. <laughs> right? Amen. Yeah, it was great. You know, didn't get to eat anything, but I had to smell it all. <laughs> Find the time to fast and pray. Get up early for the days of ease are ending soon. Press in as if your life depends upon it, because it does. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Brother Benjamin, thank you so much. Folks, keep them in prayer. Even though the hour is getting dark, we know the Lord is coming soon. So this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Oh.